Well, I wonder <clears throat> if you remember who the host is. I, there are several lines in that little video that grabbed my attention. Number one, I don't want to forget who the host is. I'm not the host. You're not the host. Mr. Biden's not the host. Nobody else is the host. God is the host. It's his party. Do you realize you've been invited to a party? You say, well, it doesn't feel like much of a party right now. Well, it may not. But we're part of a kingdom. And you know how I know that somebody says, well, that's coming later in the millennial kingdom. Oh, heavens no. I'm in a new kingdom now. When I got saved, I enthroned a new king. That's why I don't worry so much about what's going on in Washington or when they do the big summit and all the leaders are there. Because I know seated above them on the throne in glory is a holy and righteous God who oversees us and is, and then he put his son on a cross and he got up from the grave because he is the king of my life. If he's the king of your life, will you say amen right now? Just to testify to the fact that you are saved by grace and kept by the power of God. He is our king. Well, in that kingdom, there's an opportunity for generosity. And I'm, heavens, I'm not just talking about money. As a matter of fact, that's way down the list. I, I'm glad to be, have been a part of a church all these years that's pretty generous with love. I, I come to church for a lot of reasons. I come to worship God. That's first and foremost. But I like getting encouraged. And I like being loved. And I like having felt. I like sitting in a class like I just did where a teacher full of God leads us into the Word leads us into discussions and men of God sitting all around me have influence and impact on my life through their... I like that too. I like what we do on Sunday nights when we pray. I, I love all of that. But I, all of that is a gesture of God's gift to me generously when He gave me a local New Testament church. I like talking to people that say, you know, for three years... I've had to work every weekend and now i got a new job and I don't have to be and I'm here this morning. Look, I almost had a spell this morning just hearing that news. I'm here to tell you, listen to me very carefully, God has been good to you and God has been good to this church. And you've been generous. Don't stop now. You've been very generous with your love. There's some people around you need to be loved this morning. There's some people in your family that need to be loved. Don't you hold that back. Don't you in a miserly way keep that to yourself. And then generous with our time and our attention. You got time. You say, well, I don't have much time. Of course you do. You got the same amount everybody else got. 168 hours every week. 168 hours. I, I believe I can give three or four of them to the Lord in public uh, corporate worship. I do believe I can do that. I believe you can too if you choose to. I'm telling you, listen, these are all gifts of God in His generosity to us and sometimes we don't even tap in on it. And I like the way that you've been also very generous in attention, in attention to others and care as well as our resources and the way God has blessed us. I was telling them a story in the early hour. I've met this really cool student at Campbell University and uh, we, were, we was at Walmart at all places and I got to meet this guy, and he, he, he's just precious. And, and the Lord has given me an opportunity through you to bless, uh, in so many ways, people's lives. Pastor Cameron, I, I want to tell you, this church is not only gracious to those of us who serve so that we can be gracious to others, but we're gracious. We have been gracious in the community. 
It's our responsibility to share what God has given to us. He's blessed us as a fellowship. Let's be generous in those ways as well. Now you might ask, Pastor, where in the world did this all begin? And I will tell you, it all started. I'm going to give you one verse of Scripture in a moment and draw three little thoughts from it. But beforehand, let me give you this long introduction that will help set the platform for where we are. And some of you right now are about to strut, sitting down, thinking that you're so generous. I am so good. I mean, I have given and given and given. You know what? I don't think the question is how well we've been generous. I think the question should be this morning, how much have I kept? How much have I kept for myself? Boy, it gets quiet when you talk about this. I love it when it does. Because here's the bottom line. God wants us to be generous. Where did it start? It started with God the Father. Seated in heaven, never had a beginning, you remember. We'll never have an end. God Almighty could have lavished on Himself long before mankind. He could have made it all about Him. He could have sat there and enjoyed all of the beauty of His creation. He could have enjoyed all of the wealth, in the gold in every mind could have been His. And yet, instead of that, He said, No, I want to graciously and generously share it. So every landscape you've ever seen, Every time you've ever watched the, the sun rise or set, and it was so absolutely beautiful. Every time you've ever been to the seashore, uh, we saw the Gulf Coast this year for the first time. We've never been on that side of F- Florida. And, uh, and I've, I've never seen more pristine, beautiful scenes at an ocean side than, than we saw this year. I'm telling you, listen to me, all of that was His. And He decided to graciously give us all of creation, the stars and the... And the, and the skies and the, and the seas and all of the beauty of His creation God gave. And then He didn't stop there. But here, because He was generous, He said, I want somebody else to share this with me. And so I'm going to create man and I'm going to create woman. And so He gives us life. He breathes into to Adam the breath of life. And then He brings to Adam, think about this, God's great gift. God is the one that gave us relationships. God gave me Terry. God gave me the children that we have. God has given us our grandchildren. Hey, God's given us each other as a fellowship. This God is so gracious, He gave us the gift of that Father who went to heaven this week. And, and, and that Father uh, that we had the funeral for last week, Amy. God gave us that. God saved him in that last year of his life. What I'm telling you is, this is a very generous God who in his grace is giving. Not only does he give us that, I'm, I'm hurrying now to my next point, but he gave us truth. Did you know? You ever thought about where you'd be if you didn't have truth? You didn't know what truth was. You were looking to this world or the news or some kind of publication for your truth, but instead God began to speak in that garden. And then He gave us His Word, the completed canon of Scripture that has every bit of truth you're ever going to need. It is sufficient for every need and every moment in your life, and it's all a gracious gift from God. If you agree with that, will you say amen? God is so generous and so gracious. But it didn't stop with Him. He gave us His premier gift. Did you see it on the video? He gave us Jesus. I don't understand, I'll never understand because I'm not God. I'll never understand that kind of a gift. I could say a lot more about God, by the way, but I won't. Listen to what the Bible says about God giving us Jesus. He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him 
with Jesus, freely give us all things. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Jesus then is given to us as a gift. He's seated in heaven. Imagine this. In all the glories of heaven as God Himself. And then His Father looks over at Him and He says, Mark 10, 45, I will give my life a ransom for those people down there in Sampson County, Johnston County, Harnett County, Cumberland County. I'll give myself for the sins of the whole world. And he leaves all that. You talk about a generous Christ, a generous Savior. He came into his own, his own received him not. But as many as received him, listen to this, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Not only did he go to the cross, but he died on that cross and was buried and was raised again for the purpose of being able to give us new life in Jesus Christ. He is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Did you know that? Did you know right now He is giving something to us? He is ever living to make intercession for us right now. He is Jesus, the Son of God, is praying for me right now and He's praying for you. What a gift. John 14 says, He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Good night. He's got that for us too. I thought He'd already given us enough, but no. And it took Him only six Days to create all that we've seen. Imagine what we're going to enjoy when we get there now. All of that is a gift from Him. All the while, He embraces me and I'm one with Him. So thankful for that. He loves us generously. He gives us time and patience and all of that very generously. And then just before He ascended, He makes His greatest gift. You ready for this one? God gives us Jesus. Jesus says, now I'm going to go up to heaven. I'm going to be in heaven, but while I'm there, I'm not going to leave you without a comforter. I'm going to come to you. And here's the way I'm going to come to you. Are you listening to me? I'm going to send the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit's going to come. You know what he said about the Holy Spirit? He's going to teach you all things. He's going to bring things to your remembrance. He's going to dwell within you. Listen to this. Not, Not only is all that going to happen, but this Holy Spirit is, is going to convict the world of sin. Did you know that was a gift when He came to show you your sin? It, it was a gift. When the choir was singing, if you felt that unusual, uh, uncomfortable feeling in your heart about your own sin, that was the Holy Spirit. He's still doing it. He's still giving that gift of conviction when we share the gospel and people are coming to faith in Him. The Bible says He seals us until the day of redemption. He fills us with the Holy Ghost in Ephesians chapter 5. Be not drunk with wine, we're in His excess. He prays and and then in addition, He assures us that we're saved. You say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm saved or not. Well, hey, listen to this. Romans 8, 16 says... The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If you'll ask Him, Jesus, have I put my faith in You? Holy Spirit, will You show me if I'm really saved or not? You know what He'll do? The Holy Spirit will begin to bear witness in you and there'll be a clear confirmation in your soul that yes, you are a believer or no, you never have been born again. These are gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to us. And then finally, and I'm hurrying, I'm going to get to my verse right now in a minute. So It's a a simple one. I want you to listen to this. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 that this Spirit that was given to us by Jesus, He gives gifts. I mean, He's better than Santa Claus. He gives gifts. The moment you got saved, you might not have even realized it. But you received something in addition. By the way, a lot of things happened to you when you got saved. But one thing you received was a spiritual gift. 
Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about this. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit gives several as He will. To some folks get more than one. Because He knows what they're going to do with it. They're going to use it for Him. They're going to be generous with that gift. And so, therefore, He gives gifts and so much more. Here's my fear. You ready for this? Please listen to this truth. God the Father is gracious and generous. And then He gives us Jesus. Jesus continues. By the way, the Father's still generous. And Jesus then is generous. And Jesus is still generous. And He gives us the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is generous. And He's still generous. And we receive all this. And here's my fear. I love to fish. And sometimes I go into a pond that has a good feeder and live water's coming into that pond. But nothing flows out of that pond. You know what happens in a pond like that? That water gets stagnant. And old nasty stinking smells and nothing alive. It doesn't continue to bless the next flow. It just dries up. Here's my fear for many a believer. Are you listening to me? What I fear happens is we begin to think, like the video said, that we, there's not enough. I have to work hard. God's not enough. And I don't have, He's not enough to provide for me. So therefore, I can't be generous. I've got to work hard to save everything I can so that I can have piles left back for my kids to argue about when I'm dead. By the way, in 40 years of ministry, I've observed too much of that. And the family never intended that. I'm telling you, listen to this. God has a plan of economy. Listen to it. Give, be generous, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give into your bosom. You know what? Most people stop right there. They want to give so they can get. Did you know that was never the, the, God's plan? Never. Here's the motivation. Listen to this. It's perpetual. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give to your bosom. So you can give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. So you can give, and it shall be given unto you. Do I need to go on anymore? This thing, listen to me, here's the way it works. It's, a, it's to be a flow. You keep being generous, and God keeps being generous. If you stop being generous, listen to me, this is where people get in trouble. This is why that you can't meet your bills. You're so consumed with what you get and what you want. And this, uh, this year we were, uh, we were sitting around the table and my little niece uh, that lives up in Lexington, Katie, she said, uh, Harper, her little girl, maybe three years old, uh, Harper, she said, I bought her a little something. Well, what did you buy? And by the way, I'm getting one of these for my younger grandchildren. I recommend it for everybody with young children. She said, we have this little bank. It has three parts of it, three different sections. You guys, probably most of you have it. I've never had one. Who knows? I'm so lost in the past. I have no idea new things are out there. Here's what she said. On one side it says, uh, save. One little section is save. One little section is give. And one section is buy. Give, save, buy. And she puts money in all three of those. She's teaching. And here's how I know she's teaching. Because she's giving and putting that in. And the other day, if you want to buy something, you're looking to see if there's enough in there to buy it. You don't just give them everything they want. Because you know what happens when you give a kid and a pig all they want, don't you? Pastor, these are the same things I've said for 40 years. Do you listen to me? You give a pig and a boy all they want, you'll have a good pig and a bad boy. Yes. 
That's what you'll have. You let them work and earn. And she said the other day, little Katie, uh, little uh, Harper said to her mother, Katie, she said, Mom, I want to take all my money out of the give, my give area. And I want to give it. I can see you doing this very thing. She said, I want to take it and I want to give it because I saw on TV where some people will not have a meal on Thanksgiving and I want everybody to have a meal on Thanksgiving. You see what's happening, that little girl's learning the principle of generosity and here's what, if we'll just look to God, we will see it so clearly. This is God's plan. I want to ask you a question. Are you generous? Before you say yes, oh boy, I do. I give a whole percent of my income to the Lord. I, well, before you say that, would you look at God? Would you look at Jesus this morning? Would you look at the Holy Ghost? And by virtue of your Lord, are we generous? I had to ask myself that question. And the Lord brought me to a, a verse of Scripture here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Before I give it to you, I want to tell you the, my favorite story that I read on generosity this year. It was a man and his son. They were driving down the road in an old truck. And, uh, and his boy said, Dad, I'd like some French fries from McDonald's. He said, okay, okay, we'll do that. I'll, I'll drive over and get you some French fries. Went through the drive through window, got him a large fry little boy's over there and he's eating his fries happy as a lark when dad reaches over to take one fry and you all know what happens teachers are laughing because they know these selfish kids in this culture and the little boy says stop dad you stole one of my fries these are my fries you can't have my fries the man said the two or three thoughts came to his mind just real fast number one he thought he didn't know that I'm the source of his fries. I, I took him to get them. I paid for them. I worked to earn the money to buy those fries. He doesn't understand that I'm the source of his fries. He said the second thought came to his mind is, I could take every one of those fries away. My flesh in my younger child rearing days would have snatched those fries and they'd have flew all over that truck. I'm not, I'm not proud of it, I'm just saying. My children know I'm telling the truth about that. But he, he, this man didn't do it, but he said, I, could, I know, number two, that I could just take all those fries away. But he said the third thing I felt immediately was a little pang of hurt because he didn't love me enough to share with me even one fry. Well, I'm going to tell you something, church. I've lived long enough and hung out with enough Baptists to watch us fear not having enough to the point to where our, our source has felt, I'm sure, from us so many times before, this is mine and you can't have it. When He's the one that has blessed us with every one of those blessings. Can I take one minute and, and share a personal story that uh, that I love. I got six grandchildren. I got a little bitty boy, the youngest one, who's a big time handful. And some of y'all have helped and cared for him, and I thank you for it. But he's a little on the spectrum, and he's a handful. But his little heart's so pure. 
because when he comes over to our house now, he loves his favorite thing is what he tells his grandmama, I want some white ice cream, which he means vanilla ice cream, and he wants a nice portion of it. He's getting bigger all the while, and he eats quite a lot, and, and she'll scoop him out some of that. And a couple times, more than a couple times, I have tested him. And, it, you know, the gift's always about the love, isn't it? It's really never about the gift. It shouldn't be. But I'll say, Justice, can I have a bite of that ice cream? And every time, without fail, I'll tell you what he does. He takes that spoon and he goes down through it like he's going to get a bite. Like a front-end loader almost. Like his grandma eats ice cream. He scoops down through there and he'll stick it out to me. God, I want to be with everything you've ever given me, every capacity to love and care and share and be attentive. I want that to be my heart attitude toward my God. Now, let's look at this verse. Some of you know it well. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through His righteousness, excuse me, through His poverty, might be made rich. I'm going to read it one more time. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through His poverty might be made rich. Father, help me now. Amen. To ever be a generous Christian, to ever be a generous man or a generous woman or a generous student, I believe there are three secrets in this little passage. The first secret is one that is so important. Let me tell you what it is. Number one, we must know, K-N-O-W, and experience the grace of God in order to be a generous Christian. We must know and experience the grace of God. What do you mean? I'll tell you what I mean. Listen to this. Look at your Bibles. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before you ever embrace this gift, before you ever give, before you under, understand anything about generosity, first of all, you must understand that this truth can be experienced on a minimal basis by lost people, but you're saved by grace. And for people who have been born again, who've been poverty stricken, we were poor, we were needy, we couldn't get our way to heaven, we couldn't make our way to the cross. It took Jesus and what He did for us and we've experienced His grace because we have been a partaker of the new nature and we've experienced the grace of God. It's because of that that we can be generous. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not born again in this room, I want to tell you, your very best is about that much when it comes to generosity. You think you've been generous, but you have no life to give Him. You have no worship to give Him. Everything that He's poured into you for the purposes of bringing glory to His name, you don't have, you, you don't have that yet until you receive Jesus Christ. It starts with knowing and experiencing God's grace. Did you know that God made Jesus? to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. To ever be a believer, to ever be a believer that is generous, we must come to the realization, listen to this, boy this is good right here, that God is enough. 
If everything else was taken away, our generous God and His gift of Himself and His Son and His Spirit is enough for us. I wonder, will we have to go through a major crisis moment to recognize that God's enough and know and experience God's grace? Look at the next little part of this verse. He said that though He was rich. Number two. Not only must we know and experience God's grace, but number two, we must know and understand God's glory. If there's an understatement in the Bible, by the way, for the record, there are no uh, errors in the Bible. There's just none whatsoever. This Bible, it doesn't contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God. And anybody that starts trying to take away any of your Bible, cut away little parts and say it's not so, whether it's a professor or a preacher or your mama or whoever it is, they're nuts and they don't know what they're talking about, you stand on the the authority and the sufficiency of God's Word. Amen or not? We we built this church on that foundation. And we won't move from it. We believe and stand on God's Word. Now, Now, as we look at this, when he said, though he was rich, that's a major understatement, isn't it? His riches go beyond what you and I could ever imagine. I mean, I don't know what that man's name is. It just flew to the moon. <laughs> Supposedly got a lot of money, I know. Like, well, it used to be Warren Buffett. That's how old back I am. He's been passed. Now, other people's got more money than him, more wealth, and own all kind of stuff. Look here. Listen to what God wants us to understand, His glory. He said, Ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Talking about Jesus. Though He was rich, Jesus owned everything. All of it was His. You you can't even fathom what that means. He possesses everything forever. He embraces... You know, it'd be hard for us to embrace the magnitude of this phrase. In order for us to really become generous, we got to understand the pot that we're drawing from. That's the best way I know how to say it. Because I'm His and He's mine and God's my Father and Jesus is my elder brother, everything He has is mine now. And therefore I can be generous because He's generous and He'll continue to be generous. Though He was rich, listen, we've got to understand the magnitude of God's glory. His promises are as true as who He is. We have stepped out in faith through the years and will continue to do so because our God is a generous God and He's rich in grace and mercy and kindness. We must understand God's glory. You want to understand it? Here you want to see generosity? Here it is. God said, hey, I have all this, but you can have it all. Did you hear what I just said? It's for you. I can almost hear somebody's voice saying, well, how come I don't have it? Because he knows you what you do with it. You've been hoarding up what you do have. Somebody said, well, how do I get out of debt? You give your way out of it. That's how you give. I can't afford to give. I've got to pay my bills. Look here. What you've got to do is obey God. You've gotten those bills because you loved yourself and you love stuff more than you love God. Now you've got to turn that thing around and change your economy and begin to focus your attention on Him. And when you begin to be generous, what happens is God then can be generous to you. He says you can have it all. Hey, God says this too. When you understand my glory... You know and understand it? I'm only going to give you all that. I'll give you my son. I'll give you my home. Heaven's yours too. With all my love and all my mercy and all my grace and all my abundance, it's yours. If you're ever going to become a gracious person, here's where it's going to start. You're going to know and understand God's 
grace. You're going to know and understand God's glory. Number three, I'm done with this. You must know and embrace God's gift. Look at the last part of this verse. Know and embrace God's gift. He says, though he was rich, look at this, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his righteousness, he gave it all to you, might be made rich. You might not know it, but sitting in this room right beside you is somebody that is absolutely rich. Look here. I'm so rich this morning. Are you listening to me? I don't even know what I'm worth. I can't tabulate it. I am a child of the Most High God. And if you don't have two nickels to rub together right now and you're saved by the grace of God, you're a rich man. You're a rich woman. Because riches... Who said this week, Lord, and I read... I can't remember who said it. Your valuables don't determine your value... Don't you look in the bank and think you're a failure because you're 50 years old or 40 and you ain't got no money or your house ain't paid for and you don't have... Hey, look! I preached Wednesday night a week ago. You ought to build some principles in to honoring God and putting something back for the future. But your valuables are not your value. Your wealth is not your worth. Some of the most gracious people, some of the most generous people I've ever met in my life with their testimony, with their gifts of love and grace and money have not been people that had a pile of it been the ones that had the simplest. And it's those little gifts that mean the most. I don't normally tell stories uh, about Gandhi, but somebody said that, that somebody very poor picked up little pencils that they had dis- somebody else had discarded because they'd gotten small. And someone very poor gave him a pencil like that. And when it was mislaid, it just tore him out of the frame until it was found because that pencil had great value. You know why it did to him? Because of the love that it was shared with. Someone with love gave him that. Someone of simplicity and he valued that beyond measure. You see, we've got to understand God's gift. You see, if, if, if you and I recognize our generous God, our generous Savior, our, the generous Holy Spirit. It cost Him everything, but He joyed in giving us this. When I was a little boy, the only, body, only person who was worse at this than me is James Neal. He was terrible at it. He was so consumed with gifts when he was little. He told, he's told us this before. But I was the same way, but not as bad as James. Just I'm going to confess that. I wanted my gifts now. I was looking forward to gifts. And I really didn't look at what other people had under the tree. I really wasn't consumed. I I didn't buy anything for anybody else when I was little. I didn't save my money like some of you boys and girls are saving. I'm proud of you for doing it. I didn't make handmade gifts. It was about me. When I was a little kid, it was about the gifts that had this little word on it. Tommy. If Tommy was on it, I was excited about it. But as I got older, you know, I, I think about coming up on my 62nd birthday. And did you know, I can't say there's one thing I'm excited about receiving this Christmas. But i tell you what I am excited about. I'm excited about sitting there and watching the children that I love and those grandchildren and Terry open up the gifts that I've purchased for them. Because what's happened is, I hope I've matured a little bit. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I thought as a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, a fully matured adult, 
I put away childish things and I began to mature and now it's about, look, have we grown up to where our generosity is more about being generous with others than for ourselves? I wonder. There's a verse as you're turning, the, the last verse I'll share over to the right, 1 Timothy chapter 6 that I want to close with. 1 Timothy chapter 6. I heard someone say this week, kind of shook me a little bit. I, there's a lot of things I don't know. But when we talk about being rich in Jesus, did you know we're, we're more than just rich in Jesus? By virtue of the fact that we live here in the United States, I would say most everybody's going to fall into this category. The top 1% of the world's wealthiest people are in this country. Listen to this. If your combined family income is more than $32,000, you're in the top 1% of wealthy people in this world. I want you to let that settle in. And then I want you to listen to this truth. Paul's writing to Timothy and he says, verse 17, 1 Timothy 6, 17, charge them or challenge them that are rich in this world, that's y'all, that's us, that they be not high-minded, Boy, God delivers from pride. Nor trust in uncertain riches. God help us not to trust in what we have. But in the living God. But in the living God. Let's trust Him. Who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Look at this part. That they do good. That they be rich in good works. It's not just about things. But look at what He said next. Ready to distribute or give or be generous willing to communicate laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that's heaven that's glory that's death that they may lay hold on eternal life let's bow our heads together in prayer did you know some folks go out every day looking for a harvest looking to hit the lottery and and looking to have a harvest but they're sowing no seeds. God, make us generous like you. Father, <clears throat> would you take this truth, the simplicity of that little video, and would you help us to see that we've marred it. This world has marred your beautiful picture of love and grace and mercy and generosity. And the way you were generous, Father, and still are, the way you were generous, Jesus, and still are, the way you were generous, Holy Spirit, still are, help us to be generous with everybody, with the lost. Oh, Father, speak this truth into our lives, and as we come to the next few weeks of laying before you gift of love for your birthday, I pray we would do so knowing that many others who don't even know you will be touched by this generous sacrifice. May thy will be done.